Hi everybody, it's Steve Weir, Grace Point's Pastor of Arts and Communication, and I'm here to say welcome, or welcome back, to the Grace Point Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes or on our YouTube channel. Feel free to check out our website for all the latest information about everything going on here at Grace Point. But most importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step toward becoming a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. Enjoy. Well, most of us do not have a lot of personal experience with branding. You know, the closest we get to, to branding something is watching a commercial on TV for, for steak, a uh, steak restaurant, and they bring out that sizzling thing, you know, and it, it like sizzles and makes us salivate. I mean, that's the closest most of us get to that. But when, when, we, when Sherry and I lived in Texas, we had friends who had a ranch, and they had personal experience with, with branding their livestock. And it was really important for them to do that because they had an, an enormous ranch. So they sold livestock, but they actually even sold the genetics of their livestock, which was just like this really high-tech kind of thing. But they would, they would brand each of their, their livestock because their ranch was so large. I mean, it went on for miles and miles and miles. And so it's easy for a break to happen as hard as you try to keep a break or, or to keep your fences in good shape. It's possible for a fence to break at some point and you start losing some, some livestock. And so it's really important to have them marked so that it's clear who they belong to so that they can be returned to their owner. God does this kind of branding process with people as they come into his family. Now, his branding process is not physical, okay? So, so no, no panic there, okay? He's not bringing out a, a sizzling iron to, to stick on you. It's not physical, it's spiritual, which makes it easy to lose sight of, which is a bad thing because the brand that God puts on us is vital to our spiritual health. And so this morning we're going to talk about that brand and the fact that it is actually much more, it is a sign of who we belong to. It's like a stamp on us of who we belong to. But it's much more than that. It's actually someone who is living and active inside of us who helps us relate to God. So we're going to talk about that this morning. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. We are in the series Signed, Sealed, Delivered. I haven't been able to get Daryl to sing that for us yet. But um, each role, this really highlights that, that each role, each member of the Trinity has, plays a role um, in our relationship with, with God, a crucial, relation, uh, a crucial role. So we have the Father and the Son and the, and the Holy Spirit. And if you're new to faith, if you're, if you're new to, to reading the Bible and, and trying to understand what God is all about and where does Jesus fit into all this, and we're talking about the Spirit, we're saying, saying about the Spirit this morning. If you're new to all this, I just I want to say this one thing before we go on. When, when we talk about the Trinity, that God exists as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, you, you may be lost in that and you may think everybody else understands it. Can I, can I just tell you, the, the Scriptures... Um, they assume that more than they explain it. Okay, there's not this full-fledged explanation. It's just assumed 
that as we read about Jesus, he has the characteristics of God. He is presented as God. The Holy Spirit who comes to live in us is, is talked about as a person. So there's a lot of mystery around that. How can God exist in three persons? And actually, we, we should expect that if we're talking about God, there should be some mystery. I mean, if, if we're able to fully wrap our heads around who God is, I mean, he's probably not a, that impressive. So there's a journey that we're all on to understand who God is. And, uh, and so we're going to talk more about that this morning. And if, if you are new to all of this, and if it's hard for you to wrap your head around, I want to just remind you another time here about a group that we have starting up this Thursday night called Living Grace, The Basics. And, and that group is all about delving into these basics of faith, who God is, how does he relate to us. If you would like more information about that, please just contact the office, contact me, I'll get you in touch with that group. Ephesians chapter 1, it gives us a snapshot of the role of each person in, in the Trinity. It, it talks first about our, that we are chosen for adoption by the Father. So in verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. So, he, is, he, he has adopted us. Last week, we talked about the fact that we are signed, as it were, by the Father. We, we are created by God. We are recreated by God and given new life through Christ. So we're adopted by the Father. We are redeemed by the Son. Verse 7. In Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the, forg- according to the riches of his grace. We have redemption. We have been redeemed. We have been bought from slavery and transferred into freedom. We're going to talk more about that next week. And then thirdly, we are sealed by the Spirit in verse 13. In, in Christ, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Okay, just a, a little side note here. If you ever start to buy into the lie that God wants to take from you, that God is wanting to, to take your money, take your fun, take your dreams, then just please spend some time in Ephesians chapter 1 to see how much God has given to you, how much God has made available to you. But I want to focus today on verses 13 and 14, that we are sealed by the Spirit. So in him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. When does this happen? Well, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in, in him, believed in Christ. You may recall, if you were with us several weeks ago, we were talking about the meaning behind the word believe. What, what is the biblical understanding of believe? It is beyond just a mental agreement with something that somebody else says. 
In, in Scripture, the, the word believe means to, to trust something so much that you are putting your, your full confidence, your full weight on it. it and, and we talked about just a chair. Like I can look at this chair and say, do, do I think that will hold me up? Well, I, I think it will. I've sat in it before. I believe it will hold me up. But me standing here, that's not biblical belief. Me sitting on this chair, now it's biblical belief because I have put all my weight on that. And if it doesn't hold me up, I'm going down. That's, that's what's talked about here in verse 3. When you heard the word of truth and believed in him. When you believe in Christ, when you put all your weight on him, it's not Jesus plus anything else. It is, if Jesus doesn't hold me up, I'm, I'm going down in this life and in e- eternity. And so it is, possible, it is possible for us to hear the gospel of truth and not believe. But when we do believe, we become a child of God. And, and we become sealed with the Spirit. It happens at the time when we hear the word of truth and believe in him. So Jesus paid the price and the Spirit sealed the deal. Jesus paid the price for us. He sacrificed in our place so that our sins could be forgiven. And then the Spirit comes to, to seal the deal. There are th- three things that the Spirit signifies, that that when Paul's readers would have heard this in the first century, there were three things that would have popped in their minds. They're they're really similar to the things that would pop into our minds. Now, um, the the first is protection. A seal protects something. When you open a lot of things in in your kitchen or you open a bottle of medicine, there's usually a seal on it to protect it. Can, can you believe, some, some of you will remember this, some of you are too young to remember a time when our medicine came and there was no seal on it. Can you imagine? I mean, can you believe that? So, and, and what prompted that was people going into a pharmacy and putting poison into um, medicine bottles. And we said, wow, we should really protect this. I mean, so, so crazy is not new, unfortunately. It's been around for, for a while, but, um, but we need to protect from that. There is, there is a seal placed on Jesus' tomb to, to try to protect the contents because, because those who didn't believe in him, didn't trust in him, didn't want him getting out, but that was a fail. That did, he, he was not, they were not able to keep him in the tomb. The Holy Spirit as a seal protects us from tampering by, by the enemy who wants to mess, mess with us. Now, it doesn't mean that life is never going to be difficult, but what it means is that the work that God has done inside of us cannot be thwarted. It is protected. This, the second thing that a seal signifies is authenticity, that it is the real deal. So a number of years ago, uh, when I was ready to apply for my first passport, I needed a copy. I needed an official copy of my birth certificate. And in, in Maryland, that means that that has to be embossed. So there's a special thing that they put onto the paper that raises the letters and all of that. It's difficult, impossible to, to fabricate. And so that signifies that it is the real deal. The presence of the Spirit in you and me is the sign that we truly belong to God. And then the third thing that a seal signifies is is ownership. 
When, when you have a seal on you, it says who, who owns you. A number of, of us are connected to Cairn University, students at Cairn, um, people who work on staff at Cairn. When, when you go onto the campus at Cairn, you will see vehicles with a seal on the side of it. They have this really cool logo. And so you'll see vehicles that have that seal. You'll see buildings that have that seal. And that signifies these belong to the, the university. So the Holy Spirit in us indicates who we belong to. We started this series by saying, I'm yours, God. I'm, I'm yours. I belong to you. And the Spirit is a symbol of that. So Jesus paid the price and the Spirit sealed the deal. But the Spirit is better than this static seal like tape or like wax, like they used to use wax in in ancient times to seal a a letter. The Spirit is not the static thing. It is, the Spirit is a person. The Spirit is not an it. The Spirit is is not a force like we see in in Star Wars. The Spirit is is the living, active manifestation of God on earth today. So, so Jesus came for 33 years, and Jesus, during those 33 years, was the living, active manifestation of God in, in the nation of Israel, in, in the Middle East. The Spirit today can be everywhere at once, is everywhere at once, and he is God with us today in, in the, the, the epoch that we live in. And so verse 13 talks about the promised Holy Spirit. Jesus promised specific ministries that the Holy Spirit would do. And so I want to just talk about three of those. We can talk about a lot more, but just for sake of time this morning, I want to, talk, I want to highlight three ministries uh, from the book of John. So that the Spirit convicts, I'm sorry, the Spirit witnesses, the Spirit convicts, and the Spirit guides us. The, for, the first thing the Spirit does is he witnesses about Jesus. So John 15, 26 says, when the helper comes, that's how Jesus referred to the spirit. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father, he will bear witness about me. The spirit's obsession is to make Jesus look good. It's to point people to Jesus. Look at Jesus. It's really interesting when Jesus was on earth, Jesus was pointing to the father. He was constantly pointing and saying, look, look at the Father. This is what the Father is like. Now that the Spirit is among us, the Spirit is constantly pointing us to Jesus. Look at Jesus. He is the manifestation of what God is like. And so the Spirit is constantly pointing us to trust Jesus for our salvation, to trust Jesus for for life. So the Spirit takes the the written word of what, what we read, and he opens our spiritual eyes to be able to see what, what Jesus is like. The spirit in us makes us long for Jesus. And I would just ask you the, the question this morning, do you, do you long for Jesus? I mean, and, and not just on the days when everything is, is collapsing. I mean, those days, hopefully for sure, you're like, please, please Jesus, come and just set this world right again but, but but every day are you are you longing for jesus more and more over time because that's that's the work of the spirit in us is to cause us to, to want to be with jesus so he's a witness about jesus 
The Spirit also convicts us of sin. In John 16, Jesus said that he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. So, you and I, I'm going to speak for you. You and I have a hard time facing our sin. I mean, we we have a hard time acknowledging when we have done something that displeases God. We tend to minimize it. We try to justify it. We we try to push it under under the rug. And, And the Holy Spirit does this bittersweet work in us of bringing our sin to light so that we can confess it. This is actually, this is a really healthy thing. This, this is one of the things that, that the world around us doesn't understand about walking with Jesus because they look at us and, and they look at any kind of conversation about sin as though we are just, we're just like beating ourselves up. We're just like putting ourselves down. And that, that's not the point of examining ourselves to see how far short we fall of God. The point of seeing how far short we fall is to recognize in that that in spite of how short we fall, God loves us so much that he was willing to send Christ to bridge that gap. And it's only in recognizing our sin, it's only in recognizing how far short we fall, it's only in recognizing that bad news that we can appreciate and and really grab hold of the good news of what Christ has done. And so it's not a bad thing. It is a bad thing if you sit and stew in your sin and if you feel just guilt and shame. That's not the intent. That's condemnation. That's what the enemy wants you to do. But what, what the Holy Spirit wants to do is to bring conviction, not condemnation, so that you recognize what you've done wrong, that, that we ask for God's forgiveness, and then we thank him for the salvation and the cleansing that he has provided. That's the beautiful work of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The third thing the Spirit does is to guide us into truth. So in John 16, Jesus said, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So the Spirit guides us to the truth, the truth of what Jesus has said, the truth of what what's the scriptures say, the truth about who God is, the truth about who we are, the truth about who others are. Again, in contrast, sorry, I got to keep contrasting what the world around us says, but hey, I mean, we just got to go with what, what scripture says. I mean, the world says there is no absolute truth, but scripture says actually there is, and that that God has given us his word and his word will not pass away. And so the Holy Spirit is constantly pointing us back to truth. And this is why it's so important too to, to hide God's word in our heart, to memorize God's truth in our heart because the more we have, the more truth we have, the more exposure we have, whether it's memorizing or at least sitting down reading it, the more the Spirit has to work with to be pointing us back to truth. Don't be surprised if you're confused about what's going on in the world around you if you're not spending any time getting God's perspective on what's going on around you. The Spirit wants to use that and point us to what's true. 
what the Spirit is doing is he's illuminating the, the treasures that God has made available to us, the promises, the commitments that God has made, the character of who God is and how he wants to, to be with us. So it's, it's kind of like uh, if you've seen the movie National Treasure, and at the end of, of the movie, when they finally discover the treasure, sorry, I just spoiled it if you didn't see it, but it's still worth watching. It's, it's really, really good. So at the end, they find the treasure, and it's, it's underground. It's under this old church, I think, somewhere. And it, they, they walk into this room, and when they walk in, it's dark. Can't see anything. And then they hold up uh, a light, and suddenly they can see a little bit. And then they start lighting these trails of oil or something like that that were put in place. And then it, then it all lights up and you just see this room full of treasure. And I think sometimes our spiritual life is like that. It's like, it's like the treasure room is dark because we're not spending any time in there. And, the, and we're not letting the spirit like sh shine his light in there to show us what the treasure is. That's why I'm pointing you to Ephesians chapter 1 and spending time in, in there. We, we need to be letting the spirit shine his, his light and illuminating the treasure that God has made available to us. Because he wants us to be making use of us. He, he, he wants to shine that light on the truth and then apply it to our lives. Apply it to our unique situations. Jesus called the spirit the, the paraclete. That, that's, the, that's the Greek word. And that, that's a, it's a really rich word that's hard to capture in, in any one English word. But it, but it means comforter. It means counselor. It means helper. It means advocate. That's why you see so many different translations of that word when Jesus is, is talking about it, because it, it's all of these different functions. And, and again, the spirit is God's presence with us. He is God with us. We talk about Jesus as God with us in human form for those 33 years. The Spirit is God with us today. And, and there's something really, really cool that the Spirit can do that Jesus could not do. Okay, Jesus, because he came in a body, could only be in one place at, at, at a time. And, and he had to do that because he had to come in a human body to be a sacrifice for human sin. So that was a limitation that Jesus placed on himself because that was part of the plan. The spirit doesn't have that limitation. The spirit can be everywhere at once, can be in each one of us at once, but he is constantly pointing us back to Jesus, pointing us back to what is it like to, to walk with, with Jesus. And, and so on, on that note, I, I want to point you to a series, if you have not delved into this yet or, or touched on this, um, The Chosen is, is a series that I would I just highly recommend to you. Um, it is, it, it, for me, it's kind of just bringing a fresh light on who Jesus is and just how personal he was and, and the kind of relationship that he had with, with his followers. And I'll, I'll tell you what it's doing for me as, as I watch it. It is, it's, it's making me picture in my mind, like, what would it be like? Wouldn't it be so cool if we could go to Jesus and with, with my day, like with what I'm dealing with? Jesus, if I could just sit down and talk with him and how he would respond to me and work through that with me. And so one day we'll, we will be with him in person to do that. But in the meantime, the spirit is available to us to, to pray, to guide us, to point us to him, to have a level of experience with, with Jesus, even this, this side of heaven. 
I think, I think this helps explain. I think that the universality of the Spirit's presence helps explain why Jesus said this in, in John 16. He said, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. Like, Jesus, how could that be? We, we want you here. But if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So if all of that were not awesome enough, back in Ephesians 1, 14, says that the promised Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it. So if all of who he is for us now were not enough, he's pointing ahead to an inheritance. There's more to come. Matthew Henry said this in his commentary. He said, the sanctifying and comforting influences of the Holy Spirit seal believers as the children of God and heirs of heaven. These are the first fruits of holy happiness. Jesus paid the price and the spirit seals the deal. So here's my question for you this week. Going, going into this week, okay? I know you don't want to think about it, but just for a moment, okay? You got, you got work coming up. You might have a tough conversation coming up. You got stuff coming up this, this coming week. What would it look like this week to invite the Spirit, into those conversations, into your work? What would it look like to invite the, the Spirit? Or, and, and it's actually the Spirit is there, so you're not really inviting him. You're just becoming more aware, more, more aware of that he's already there and, and more aware of his presence. And so maybe there's, there's one of these things that he does for us, one of these functions that he does for us that would be relevant for, for you this week. Maybe, maybe you need him to be a witness to Jesus for you. And so you can ask him that. Holy Spirit, would you, would you please witness to Jesus? I, I need to see Jesus more clearly. Maybe you're saying that on, from the outside of the family and you're saying, I, I don't understand Jesus yet. Could you make him more clear to me? Maybe you're saying it from the inside of the family. I, I know I, I believe in Christ. I put my faith in him. I'm trusting in him. But I, there's still so much I don't understand. And why does he allow this? And ask the Holy Spirit to, to be a witness to Christ. Maybe you need the Spirit to help convict you from sin. Holy Spirit, I know, I know there's things in my life that I have not faced yet. Would you, would you bring them to light? I, Holy Spirit, I know there's, there's some things that are not going right, and I suspect I'm contributing to that. Would you bring conviction? I don't want to beat myself up or try to figure out what I did wrong. Would you show me what I need to confess? And then, or maybe it's, Holy Spirit, guide me into the truth. I, I need your help discerning what to do next in this situation. I need your help understanding these people in my life so that I can love them better. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you into his truth. He, he so wants to be involved in, in your life, in your everyday life, being God with us for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for sealing us and giving us that mark of protection, that mark of, of authenticity, um, that, that mark of, of ownership. Jesus, we say we, we are yours. 
and we, we, we want to walk with you. We want to know your truth. And so, Spirit, thank you for not leaving us alone. Um, Father, thank you for adopting us. Jesus, thank you for redeeming us. And Lord, I pray for each one of us in this room, wherever we're at in our relationship with you, if we're new to a relationship, if we're not even in a relationship yet with you, Lord, may we recognize the, the work of the Holy Spirit and, and invite him uh, into our lives in a fresh way this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.